Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, June 17, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, the NBA offseason is in full swing. As you know, Anthony Davis was traded to the LA Lakers on Saturday, so I'm going to react to that trade, and I'll tell you what it also means for Kyrie Irving and what it means for the Boston Celtics. So mostly NBA on this show today, presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. And I know I tell you every week about daily fantasy baseball. I, I think you should absolutely consider that over your normal, average, boring fantasy baseball league where you have the same team every night. And even if you have a good team, you can't win your cash prize for that league until October. Well, at DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball, you can have a different lineup every single day for a chance to win cash prizes every single night. But it's not just baseball. I know I tell you about that all the time. And I just told you again, it's not just baseball. It's every sport. I know a lot of people who put in golf lineups and love to put in golf lineups. And you don't even need to like golf. You don't even need to watch the golf. Just get the DraftKings app and follow the tournament on that app. And again, uh, you know, it's simple. I think you pick six golfers. And and you know how it works with baseball. You know, you just put a lineup together. But with golfers, I think you just pick six golfers before the tournament. You can even do one right in the middle of the tournament, round by round. You name it, you can do it. DraftKings.com, but download the DraftKings app. And again, when you sign up and make your first deposit, you can play for free by using my promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Monday, June 17th. I did watch the U.S. Open. Speaking of golf with that DraftKings read, I, I watched the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. It was a little different to be sitting there. In my living room, you know, where it's dark outside and I'm watching golf on TV at like 9 o'clock, 9.30 (laughs) at night. I mean, that's a little different. But it was at Pebble Beach and it's Gary Woodland, the winner of the U.S. Open at 13 under on the tournament. I didn't have any money on this. I didn't have any horse in this race. So uh, I was mildly entertained with it all. I I was not locked in to... The U.S. Open, it really was the first weekend in a long time that we didn't have any playoffs, right? We didn't have NBA playoffs. We didn't have Stanley Cup playoffs. And you just kind of take that time to to relax. And I didn't really watch much of anything this weekend on TV uh, because we've been so locked in to the TV with the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. It feels like for the last two months, every single night, And uh, here in Boston, we've had our eyes on the Bruins, and we're still trying to get over the fact that the Bruins are not Stanley Cup champions, that the Stanley Cup champions are the St. Louis Blues. And I guess if you're asking, and I was here on Thursday of last week reacting to the St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup. So if you missed that reaction, go back and download that episode last week from last Thursday. But nothing really has changed. I know there's some injuries that have come out from the Bruins roster. And uh, I, 
I don't know if anybody is all that surprised with some of the injuries that we've heard. I think we we knew they were banged up. Everybody at that point on, e- on both teams is banged up. So, um, yeah, I think we expected injuries to come out. They did. Now, the Bruins had a little party for themselves. They had a little party for themselves at the Grand down the seaport in what we used to call Southie. I mean, technically still is Southie. If you want a parking sticker down there, it's got to be a South Boston parking sticker. So anybody who says it's not Southie, I guess you can argue, well, why do you have a South Boston parking sticker on your car to be able to park down there? Well, that's because it is part of Southie. But the people who were born and raised and originally from Southie, OFS, what we call us, I, I, I've lost all... Just, I, I I don't consider that Southie anymore. Especially down where the Grand is. Like, all the way down near the courthouse, right? Uh, so, the Bruins had a little party at the Grand, I guess. What was it, Friday night? I think they had a party. A team party. And on the, they have screens down there that say, congratulations on a great season, Shand Running around with his shirt off. I think this, I just saw this stuff on Twitter. I think this was from the other night. I mean, it's easy to be fooled on Twitter, isn't it? People could post videos. It could be from three years ago. And, you know, they could portray it as this past weekend. And a lot of us would believe it, especially if Shan's running around with his shirt off. We've seen that before. I think it was this weekend, though. I mean, how much do you really want to go in on the Bruins for this? I, I just, I will say that, you know, we, we are so spoiled in this town. We expect these teams to not just get to the championship, but to win the championship. And what we have done for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years now, is we have just attacked other cities whose teams seem to celebrate coming in second place. Like, we, we've attacked these people. We've attacked their fan bases. We've attacked those cities. We've attacked those teams and the players and the people involved in those organizations that seemingly celebrate a second place place, I don't know, you call it a victory, second place victory. It's not a victory. You come in second place. Uh, what's the Jerry Seinfeld bit? You know, you'd rather get the, you'd rather get the bronze, right? You'd rather come, almost rather come in third because you come in second, you know, you get the silver. It's like, well, well, if you get the bronze, it's like, hey, you know what? You got something, right? You got something. If you get the silver, it's like, congratulations. Out of all the losers, you're the best. <laughs> like you're the best loser. And, and you know, with the Bruins losing the Stanley Cup final, like, I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect to see a video of them celebrating a great season. Like, the, the, two nights after the fact. I didn't, I didn't expect that. I mean, I'm still reeling from the Bruins not winning the Stanley Cup. Are the players not? And I know it's a long season, and... In the grand scheme of things, they did have a great season. They were, they were, you know, the cup was in their building. The final game of the NHL season. No more games can be played at that point after that. And the cup is in your building to be had for you. And obviously for St. Louis, because they're the ones that took it and took it home. Um, so, but when you get to that point, I mean, it's very tough to get to the Stanley Cup final. Never mind game seven with an opportunity to win it with the cup in your building. It, 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 you know, it might be the toughest championship round to get to in all of sports. It is. I mean, the Stanley Cup is the toughest trophy to win in all of sports. So getting to the championship round is the toughest round to get to in all of sports. And the Bruins got there. And I don't know how many people in this town were expecting them to get there. I don't know how many people in this town were expecting them to be one win away from a Stanley Cup this year, uh, but they were. 
And in the grand scheme of things, it's like, all right, yeah, you had a you had a great season, but did you have a season that you should celebrate? I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's one of those things where that's such a heartbreaking loss, right? Because you come so close. It's such a heartbreaking loss that I almost feel you'd celebrate. You'd have that great season celebration if you lost in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final, like you didn't get to the Stanley Cup Final. Maybe you have the party then. But you won win away. And the way you lost it was first period, so many opportunities. You can't bury. You basically choke. I saw some people saying, oh, they didn't choke. It's like, well, I mean, if you're breaking it down and being descriptive, yeah, they did choke. Yeah, the Bruins did choke. Because if you watched all the scoring opportunities they had in the first period, you know, missing open nets, whiffing on one-timers, getting beautiful opportunities out front and not burying. I mean, they choked in those moments. They were squeezing the stick too tight. Uh, it, it was like too big of a moment for them to put the puck in the net. And they choked. I know they got to go late in the third period, but that didn't count. They might as well get shut out. In my head, they got shut out still. In my head, they got shut out in that game. They choked. Come on. You're saying they didn't choke? Anyone who's saying they didn't choke is, you know, I, they just, I don't know what they watched. They choked. So the way you lose that game, devastating. It is, I will say, I mean, I don't know how much you want to go in on them because, again, in a vacuum, it was a great season. But it, it is tough to see them two nights later dancing around in a club down the seaport with their shirts off, celebrating a great season. It's tough to see that, especially in this town where we have made almost a living out of going after other, other cities and other teams for celebrating coming in second place. Now, I'm not going to sit here and go all in on the Bruins on that. But I, I I didn't expect to see it. Put it that way. I didn't expect to see it. It is what it is. The Bruins did not win a Stanley Cup. And I will say, the for the first time maybe ever in my life, I have not looked at pictures of the team celebrating with the Cup. I haven't seen one... You know, I, didn't, I haven't seen one picture... Or video of the St. Louis Blues parade. I haven't seen one picture of them. You know, did they did they go to a a baseball game? They go to a Cardinals game and bring the cup. I don't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I, usually, this time of year, every year, regardless of who wins it, I am searching for pictures and videos of what that team that wins the cup is doing with the Stanley Cup because I love looking at the Stanley Cup and I love looking at the celebration. And it can that celebration continues, and you don't see that in other sports, because nobody's trophy is as good as the NHL's trophy. Nobody's is. But this year, I, I just can't do it. I mean, the, the loss was so tough. I can't, I cannot force myself. And if I even see someone kind of post something on social media, I skip right through it. I don't even look at it. I can't do it. I can't. I really can't. I could do it even when Chicago beat the Bruins in 2013. Like, I watched them celebrate. Right? I watched them celebrate. But I just thought, you know, I keep going back to that first period. The Bruins should have won the Stanley Cup. And they didn't. And 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 it's it's tough. It's a tough loss. So it, that makes it a little tough to watch them celebrate in a great season. Down the seaport the other night. But anyways, it is what it is. And we move on from the NHL. Because since I last talked to you, the NBA handed out their championship. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. It is the first championship out of the four major sports. It's the first championship in Canada. 
since what, 93? In 93, the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup and the Toronto Blue Jays won their second of back-to-back World Series championships. I'm not missing one between 93 and now, right? No Canadian team. Uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens were the last Canadian team to win the Cup, right? In 93? I got that right? Yeah. What are the, what are the Canadian teams won it? It's the, the Canadiens in 93. I, I don't think I'm missing anything. And, and then Toronto, you know, they won the World Series in 92 and 93, back-to-back. Uh, so 1993 was the last time a Canadian team won a championship in one of the four major sports. The Toronto Raptors, they won game six in Golden State. Was It It was Thursday night. So I recorded a podcast Thursday morning reacting to the Stanley Cup game seven from Wednesday night. And uh, I told you that I thought Golden State would win that game six in Golden State and force a game seven. They did not do that. Clay Thompson went down with an injury. Went back to the dressing room, the locker room. They called him back out because they told him, if there is a chance you can return, you should come out and shoot these free throws. Because if you don't shoot these free throws, you cannot return to this game. So he did come back out. He took the free throws, but he did not return. Because after they checked out his knee, he had a torn ACL. You know, a tough fall that he took. What was he, jumping up from the rim? Did he dunk it or something? I don't. Was he going up for a block? I forget what the situation was. No, he got fouled. Right? Yeah, because he took the free throws. He got fouled. Um, so he came down awkward on his knee after that. And he tore his ACL. And he did not return to that game. And uh, the Warriors just, they, they at that point, it was like, how many injuries are we going to have? And it was, it was too much to overcome. And Toronto wins the game. Now, Golden State, th- I, I tweeted about this. I do not understand Golden State's play call at the end of that game. There was like, what, nine seconds left? Maybe 10, 11 seconds. You basically get, you know, you, you got a shot. You're down one in your own building. The play call that they drew up, and they were calling it a Brad Stevens play call where you throw it all the way across the court. Okay, we've seen the Celtics do it. That doesn't mean I agree with it, right? It's not, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I agree with everything Brad Stevens has drawn up because I certainly haven't. They throw it across the court. Almost goes out of bounds. I think it was Draymond Green that had a saver. Throws it to Steph Curry, who takes a three-point shot with a guy in his face in front of the bench. It doesn't go in, and that's it. But I, it makes no sense to me. Like, how do you not understand what your league is? And I say that knowing that, all right, if you're the NBA, do you think they want that series to end Honestly, do you think they want that series to end right then and there? No, they want a game seven in Toronto. So when would it have been? Sunday night. It would have been last night, game seven. That's what they wanted. Golden State's down one. I have no idea how you draw up the play they drew up. How do you not draw up a play in which Steph Curry drives to the basket? Because... The chances of the refs calling a foul in that moment are pretty damn good, considering we what I just said. We know what the NBA wants. They want a game seven. They're going to put Steph Curry to the free throw line. He's the, the best free throw shooter the league has ever seen. He's going to hit his free throws. Golden State will take a one-point lead, and the game will be over. Right? Like, uh, how do you not draw that, that play up? And it's just, you're increasing your odds of winning that game by making... Somebody, anybody, go to the basket. But more specifically, Steph Curry. 
Instead, you drop a play, you throw it across the court and almost goes out of bounds and you you, you want him to take a three-point shot. I know Steph Curry's a great three-point shooter, but man, to me, that was a dumb play call. The season's on the line. You have a chance to force a, a game seven. You're down one point in your own building. And I think there, I think there was like nine, ten seconds left, right? I I just I just don't get it. <laughs> so they lose the game. They lose the series. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions, and I've I've knocked the NBA championship celebration many times, and I I told you what was going to happen last week. I I do it every year. I tell you, they're going to give out the Larry O'Brien Trophy, which is their championship trophy, and then they do a build up for the MVP. They give up the M- they give the MVP award last. They say, and now, your NBA Finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard gets the Finals MVP, uh, as he should have, right? As he should have. I, I did tweet out a video in which Kawhi Leonard was talking with Kyle Lowry. I forget who tweeted it, but they were doing an interview together after the game, post-game in the back, and uh, Kawhi Leonard had the MVP and, and the MVP trophy, and he let... Kyle Lowry hold it, and uh, Kawhi said, I don't even need that. I'm just here to get that Larry OB, that Larry O'Brien trophy. And that was the most refreshing thing that I heard that night because the postgame stuff on that stage with Doris Burke was nauseating. And you know what? I, I usually enjoy Doris Burke. I do a- a- because she does a good job. But she was... And- I honestly don't think it was. I honestly don't think this was her. I think this was ESPN forcing her to do this. I put it this way. I hope it was, because I don't look at Doris Burke and think she's somebody that's out there to just stir it up. But she was clearly stirring it up after Toronto won the championship. The, the moments after Toronto wins a championship, this is not a moment in which if you're the one person with the microphone on national TV that's interviewing these guys, that literally a you know minutes. Minutes from, they just won a championship minutes ago. Five minutes ago. If there's anything that that you should not be asking them, here's the two things you don't ask, okay? Here's the two things you should not be asking in this one moment. The first one, don't ask Kawhi Leonard about his upcoming free agency. It's stupid. It's stupid. Number two, don't ask anyone up there about DeMar DeRozan. Especially not Kyle Lowry. But you know what Doris Burke did? She did both of those things. She went right. Ka- Kawhi Leonard, MVP, congratulations. Talk about your impending free agency. Any decision? Like, stop. Why would you do that? Doris Burke, no, of all people, why are you doing this? I'm telling you, she must have, they must have made her do this. I would have loved to have her say, they want me to ask you about certain things, and I'm not going to do it. This is your moment. Enjoy this. We got plenty of time to talk about free agency. I mean, I respect Orsberg, but I would probably, at that moment, if she did that, respect her more than anybody else in the history of sports media or any media at all. But she didn't go that route. And I'm disappointed. I was disappointed to see it. I, I'm like, this is terrible. This is brutal. They just won a championship. You're asking about his free agency? Oh, it's disgusting. And then she walks over to Kyle Lowry. <laughs> She's asking about DeMar DeRozan, who got traded. Like, what are we doing in this postgame? 
That was insane to me. Let them enjoy the fucking championship for crying out loud. Oh, we no wonder why these guys hate the media. They just win a championship. They're, they're up there being asked about free agency and guys, awkward guys that got traded. Awkward trades. What do you want him to say about DeMar DeRozan in that moment? Considering the fact that DeMar DeRozan got traded and the guy who you acquired in that trade is standing next to him holding the NBA Finals MVP. <laughs> like, what do you want Kyle Lowry to say in that moment? It's so stupid. Obviously, they were trying to bait these guys into saying something in the heat, you know, in the heat of the moment with the emotions running high, say something stupid that they're going to be able to throw on the top of their website to get them clicks or to get everybody talking about what Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry said about free agency and the, the, the DeMar Rosen trade. Like, it's a joke. That was the only time, to me, those questions should not be accepted by anybody. Stop. But they didn't want to do that. And you know what? I lost a lot of respect for Doris Burke in that moment. I did. I'm sorry. I did. I mean, I, I, think, I think she does a great job. I've praised her more than anybody in, in the media over the last handful of years in any sport. I think she does a great job. But that was garbage. That, that was garbage. I'm sorry. It was. And we wonder why pro athletes hate the media. We wonder why. We wonder why, because that was complete and utter fucking garbage. Okay, if I'm Kawhi Leonard or Kyle Lowry, I'm like, get out, get out of here. I'm, yeah, and I don't forget that either. Remember the time I won a championship, and you, you wanted to put me on the spot with stupid shit. Minutes later, get the fuck out of here. We wonder why pro athletes hate the media. Well, if you want uh, to write the book, why pro athletes hate the media 101, go back and watch the Toronto Raptors post game with Doris Burke. That's why. Okay, that's why. Because even the most respectable, even the most respectable media members in pro sports can ask stupid questions in the biggest moments. That That was not the time or the place to be asking that stuff. I'm sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. They're going to have their parade today. And, uh, you know, people... I, I also watched the, the post-game in which they're talking about the Golden State Warriors like, you know, it, it was, like, they're done. Like, it, like it's over. Right? And I'm, I'm, it, I'm sorry. It's not over for them. I, I, don't, I, I know people, the, the popular thing to do, oh, Kevin Durant, oh, he's got the Achilles surgery, he's leaving anyways. Clay Thompson, like, torn ACL, he's done. You know? I mean, I don't rule out at this point that Kevin Durant maybe, you know, re-ups one more year in Golden State. Klay Thompson, maybe he doesn't want year deal in Golden State. I don't know. And they try it again next year. But, you know, if you're Golden State and maybe you do accept the fact that Durant is going elsewhere, well, you put all your, you basically, you give Klay Thompson what he wants. You say you got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. We can add some other, sprinkle in some pieces around that. And, and we can go back to what we had before we acquired Durant. And what we had before we acquired Durant was a championship dominant team. So for people to think that Golden State is just done, I think they're so brainwashed on the Durant stuff. Like, you know, if Klay Thompson doesn't get hurt, they probably win that game, force a game seven. And who knows, maybe they go into Toronto last night and win that game seven. I know it's a shoulda, coulda, woulda scenario. But I, I, I'm watching the post game of the NBA championship and... I'm like, man, they're giving up. They're really, they're really giving up on Golden State. It's a, that's a knee-jerk reaction, if I've ever seen one. 
Golden State's not done. You heard it here first. I know nobody else wants to say it, so I will. So I will. Golden State is not done. They're not. They're not done. But uh, the NBA season is done. And once again, congrats to the Toronto Raptors. We're right into the offseason. And this weekend was a major blockbuster trade. You know, it's a trade that I saw coming, that a lot of us saw coming. It's a trade that I think we all knew was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. Well, they didn't waste any time. The Los Angeles Lakers and the New Orleans Pelicans finalized a trade that has sent Anthony Davis from New Orleans to L.A. Anthony Davis is now a Laker, and here's the trade. Anthony Davis going to the Lakers, and the Lakers send Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks, including number four overall in this year's NBA draft, which is this Thursday in just a couple days. So three first-round picks, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart are going to New Orleans in exchange for Anthony Davis. Uh, and, and just a side note on the NBA draft stuff, it's going to be Thursday night of this week, which means that I will be waiting to do the second show of the week until Friday morning. I'm going to watch the NBA draft Thursday night. We could see some major trades. I mean, you could see New Orleans now trade number four overall. They have number one. So you know they're adding Zion Williamson on draft night. They, they could very well trade number four overall. They could. And, and it could make that deal even sweeter for them. So my reaction to the trade, and I just wanted to tell you that I'll be back on Friday and not Thursday because I'm going to wait to watch the NBA draft and react to that on Friday morning. But my reaction to the Anthony Davis trade is, you know, it's a, it's a good move for both sides. I mean, I think if you're New Orleans, in a perfect world, you get Anthony Davis to, to see that you're bringing in Zion Williamson with the number one overall pick, and you get Anthony Davis to go, you know what? I made a mistake. I, I want to spend a couple more years here in New Orleans. Let's see what we can do un, until I really, you know, I'm only 26, 27. Like, let, I, I'll spend the next four or five years here. Okay? I'll, let's do that. And then when I'm 30, 31, if we still haven't won anything, you know, hopefully you can understand why I'd want to move on and go to a contender. But I'll give you, you we got Zion coming in. All right, yeah. Let, let, can we bring in a free agent? Make another trade? All right, let's see what we can do. You know, in a perfect world, that's what Anthony Davis says to New Orleans, and they just keep him. But it's not a perfect world. They met with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is has given up on his team, which I think is, I mean, it's kind of an embarrassing look for the kid who really hasn't shed the blood, sweat, and tears that you should really, that you should shed for your team that drafts you before you start demanding trades to get to contenders, right? He's in his mid-20s, like, <laughs> how how hard did you work? I mean, you, you you gave up on this team a year and a half before free agency. He has one more year left in his deal. But they met with him recently. He said he still wants to either go to the Lakers or the Knicks. And with those two teams getting out, I mean, you would think the New Orleans would lose leverage. That they'd lose leverage. But you, so So, obviously, it's a great move for the Lakers. I mean, forget about what you gave up. You add Anthony Davis to a team that has LeBron James... And you know what? They're going to add someone else, too. They, they, now, now, what you're going to see is everybody and their mother wanting to go play for the Lakers again. That, it, it can cha- That's why when people bury the Lakers, it can change like that. 
the NBA is such a knee-jerk reaction sport. Everybody gets up on TV. They're like, oh, the Lakers are done. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson tweeted at, did I read this right? Did I read this right? Magic Johnson, did he tweet at Rob Palenka <laughs> saying, nice job? I mean, if to me, Magic Johnson also had something to do with that. Because I think that's, they've been, the Lakers have been playing us. They're playing us. I don't believe for one second that Palenka and Magic Johnson dislike each other. I don't believe it. I don't believe any, I told you that. I told you that. I, I, they are playing us. Magic Johnson stepped down. And you can't see my hands. I'm putting the quotations up in the air with my fingers. He stepped down. He quit. Oh, I can't believe the way he did it. Oh, you, oh, you just didn't tell anyone about it. <laughs> so, people are so just, they, they will believe anything. Okay? And these guys, they know that. They know that. They know Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellum, and they're going to be on the TV going, I can't believe this guy did this. And the people who are watching them are going to be like, oh, I can't believe it either. Now, I don't mean to call uh, anyone who listens to my show a fool, but man, if you, if you believe all this stuff, just because they talk about it on ESPN, I mean, start, start thinking about what ESPN wants. They want entertainment. They, they want... You know, they want to exaggerate the facts. They want to do that. Just read the Seth Wickersham piece on the Patriots a couple of years ago. Talk about a, a fucking report that exaggerated the facts. Right? And <laughs> Patriots went on to go, to go to a Super Bowl, go back to the Super Bowl the next year and win it. And who knows? Maybe go to another Super Bowl or two. Like, but if you read that report, it exaggerated the facts to the point where you thought, like, that was it. Patriots would never even win the division again. They were so broken up internally. I mean, that this is what they want. So the Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka stuff, I told you, I, didn't, I, I just didn't even buy any of it. And Magic Johnson steps down, right? And uh, next thing you know, you got, you got a trade. <laughs> Anthony Davis going to Lakers. This is a great move for the Lakers. And now you're going to see people wanting to go to L.A. Suddenly the Lakers are back. And all it took was that trade. But they did give up. I mean, they gave up a good amount, right? They gave up a good amount. And, and maybe more than... So, so what, was the, what was the thing, the best thing to happen for this trade? Was, was the Lakers to get lucky on lottery night and jump up to number four overall? Because that sweetened the deal. That sweetened the deal for New Orleans, right? It did. It sweetened the deal. And you know what? If you wanted to tell me that was rigged, that the Lakers got up to number four, then I would believe you there. I would believe you there. The percentages were not good for them to get that pick, but they did. And now they turned it into an Anthony Davis trade. Uh, but when you consider the fact that Anthony Davis had let it be known that he was either going to the Lakers or the Knicks, you know, that is, that, you lose leverage if you're New Orleans. You lose leverage if you're New Orleans. And, you know, I'm wondering if the Lakers were like, yeah, we're not giving you number four overall. I'm wondering if they still would have got it done. Because when it we have to ask what other teams were involved here. Were the Celtics involved? Well, we're hearing that they wanted Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis did not want to sign with the Celtics. He didn't. And also, the Celtics, maybe because Anthony Davis wouldn't re-sign with the Celtics, but I think just in general, the report is that the Celtics 
were not making Jason Tatum available in a trade for Anthony Davis. They were not going to give up Jason Tatum. And to that, I applaud the Celtics, and I say, good. I love that. I tweeted this out over the weekend. I say, I love this. And it's not sarcasm. I really do truly fucking love it. Do not trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis. And I told you last week, and I wrote this in my column for the Boston Metro last week. I'm, I'm going to pass on Anthony Davis. I just think he's a kid who he gave up. He just gave up on his team. And we are currently, and now we're going to talk about him for the next couple weeks until he makes a decision. The Celtics are dealing with an all-star player who just gave up on them. And Kyrie Irving gave up on the Celtics. You want to bring in another player who's given up on his team before his contract's up? Like, uh, no, I'm all set. I'm going to pass on that. Especially if you have to give up a King's ransom to acquire him. And especially, even more so, if you cannot convince him to talk about, to get a window, to talk about and negotiate uh, an extension. You know, you're like, people go back to the Garnett trend. I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but I think what people forget about that is that the Celtics and Timberwolves originally agreed to a trade for Kevin Garnett. The Celtics pulled it off the table. You know why? At first, because Garnett and his agent let it be known that they were not going to re- sign an extension with the Celtics. And so the Celtics said, well, we can't give up all this if he's not going to sign the extension. And so I think it's a similar thing with, with, with Anthony Davis. You know, if Anthony Davis was like, you know what, I will sign in Boston. Can we get a window, him and his agent, get a window to negotiate with the Celtics? I think maybe, who knows, maybe they would have given up Tatum. I mean, I still would say, don't do it. Honestly, that's that's the way I feel about Tatum. And that's the way I feel about Anthony Davis. Like, I, Anthony Davis, all-star player. You could talk about how dominant he's going to be for the next handful of years all you want. But, you know, I, I think that you have to look at the Celtics situation and what they're going to lose in Kyrie Irving. And what, an Anthony Davis trade would have kept Kyrie around? I don't know that for sure. I don't think the Celtics knew that for sure. Right? I think if, if you're the Celtics, you're probably looking at it going, well, we're losing Kyrie Irving. And so we can't give up all these assets if we're losing Kyrie. You know, if Kyrie committed to us, it's like, what comes first? It's chicken or the egg. Like, if Kyrie commits to us, then maybe we'll consider giving up all these assets to get Anthony Davis, but Kyrie's good as gone. And so how much should we realistically give up for Anthony Davis, even if he is willing to sign an extension? I, look, Anthony Davis was not signing an extension with the Celtics. He wasn't. So I love the fact that the Celtics said we're not giving up Jason Tatum. Good for the Celtics. All right? Good for the Celtics. Um, But... You know, when it comes to Anthony Davis going to the Lakers and what New Orleans got back, you know, they New Orleans really didn't have, like, it's not like the Celtics said, yeah, we'll give you Tatum. And then New Orleans went back to the Lakers and said, hey, the Celtics are giving us Tatum. What else can you give? Right? And I don't even know what else the Lakers would have to give at that point. I think they gave it all. Uh, people talk about Kuzma, maybe. Uh, but I don't even think New Orleans had that type of leverage. So considering the leverage that they had, or at least didn't have, New Orleans got a nice little haul in return, like they did. And they might be able to turn this number four overall pick into something special. Who knows? Who knows what they could turn that into? Who knows? Uh, so no, I think nice return for New Orleans. Obviously a nice 
return for the Lakers. And the question now is, who did the Lakers add? And maybe that brings us back to Kyrie Irving. Because there are rumors, once again, that Kyrie Irving is willing to join the Lakers. Or he's interested in joining the Lakers. I mean, how many times do you want me to talk about this? What's embarrassing is that you have people who are paid to cover the NBA who are just entertaining this idea now, in mid-June. It's like, wake the fuck up. What are you doing? You get paid to cover the NBA. You haven't thought about Kyrie going to the Lakers? It took you an Anthony Davis trade to get you to even consider this as a realistic possibility? Come on. Come on. You know, download an episode of the Danny Picard show for me one time. Kendrick Perkins was on this show a couple weeks ago, played with both of those guys, and he tried to, to tell all of you people that Kyrie and LeBron never had a beef. It was never, be- never about them. It was never between them. But that was a narrative. And the narrative got exaggerated and overplayed. And, and I've been trying to tell you for the last two years they don't have a beef. Based on what I see with their interactions. You laughed. You said he'd never play with LeBron again. He'd never even consider playing with LeBron again. Oh, Anthony Davis traded to the Lakers. All of a sudden, everyone and their mother's talking about, could Kyrie now join them? Wake up. Wake up. Of course Kyrie could join him. Now, will he choose Brooklyn over the Lakers? Put it this way. If Kyrie now chooses to go to Brooklyn over the Lakers, he is an idiot. All right? He is. I actually consider him to be kind of a smart dude. I do. I, I consider him to be a smart guy. Like, I, I think maybe, you know, he, I, he thinks differently than others. Like, he is kind of a strange cat. Right? I think we all know this. Um, but I don't think he's a stupid, I don't think he's a stupid person. I think he's a very intelligent person. And I think there's always some type of method to his madness. But if, if the move, like, think about this. If Kyrie signs with Brooklyn, now I know he grew up a Nets fan. They were the New Jersey Nets. It really is a completely different organization. Like it's right. I mean, it's not even. They're the Nets, I guess, but um, it's it's it just feels completely different. I mean, in the last three years, Kyrie will have gone if he signs with Brooklyn. Kyrie will have gone from demanding a trade from a championship contender in Cleveland to choosing to leave a historic franchise in the Celtics, which could also be a championship contender if he stayed, to then refusing as a free agent to sign with another historic organization in the Lakers who just traded for Anthony Davis, and if they add Kyrie, probably could be the odds-on favorite to win next year's NBA championship so that he could sign with the Brooklyn Nets. Like, that will just be stupid. (laughs) So, I mean... Where is Kyrie going to go now? If if he goes in a span of three years to leave in multiple championship or uh, refusing to be a part of multiple championship organizations in order to sign with the Nets and two of those potential championship organizations with the Celtics and the Lakers, I just don't, uh, I will never understand him because that will make no sense to me. No sense to me. I, I tweeted out that, you know, he's, he would be a clown for doing that. And yeah, he, he would. That would be a clown move. I mean, how, how do you say no to the Celtics and then say no to the Lakers? After you 
forced away out of a championship contender. I don't I don't get it. I really don't get it with him. But we'll see. People are saying that it's it's signed, sealed, delivered, he's going to Brooklyn. Nobody's talking about the Knicks anymore. Why? What happened to that? That's done? Part of me feels like the Brooklyn Nets thing is just Kyrie trolling people, and he, like, threw that out there as, like, you know, watch this. I'm going to get them. They're going to all have me talking about the Brooklyn Nets, and they're all getting a good old laugh out of that. And he's just going to sign in L.A. knowing that he's been committed to the Lakers for the last three years ever since the moment he demanded the trade when him and LeBron talked about it and said, hey, I'll get out of here first. Then you leave as a free agent. Go to the Lakers, and I'll meet you there. And try to talk magic into getting Anthony Davis to demand a trade to the Lakers, too, in the meantime. Like, I honestly, if all that stuff happened, I wouldn't be surprised. But if Kyrie turns down, leaves the Celtics, turns down the Lakers, and goes to Brooklyn, oh my God, that would be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> right? I know we live in a world where guys get criticized when they team up with other players. Like we say, LeBron ruined the NBA for creating super teams. Kevin Durant, oh, he, he left the team that he couldn't beat and he, he joined them. If you can't beat him, join him. Durant takes heat. I think it should be the other way. We live in an NBA world where you should get criticized the, for the other way. It's like, why are you avoiding potential championship runs to go to the Brooklyn Nets? Now, I guess the Lakers' salary cap will be a factor in the Kyrie stuff, right? And, and maybe it comes down to Anthony Davis's. Anthony Davis is a $4 million trade bonus. $4 million trade bonus. He can waive that. And if he does waive that, the Lakers will have $27.7 million in cap space. Now... I believe Kyrie can make more than that average annual, right? Um, so maybe he'd have to take a little less to go to the Lakers. But I mean, you know, 27, 27 mil, 26 mil. I mean, uh, <laughs> look, I'm just telling you, don't rule out Kyrie to the Lakers. If you just roll your eyes at it, you, I just don't think you're living in the real world. I don't. Now, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to the Lakers. Some people will say that. I don't I don't think that he's going. I think that the Lakers have a better chance to land Kyrie Irving just from a a standpoint where Irving would fit in the lineup. Like Kawhi and LeBron, you know, they're the same they're the same guy. They're like the same exact guy. You know, they like I I think the Lakers would probably want, you know, they just traded their point guard. Right? Um, so I would think Irving would be on the top of their list before Kawhi Leonard. And I'm not saying they wouldn't want Kawhi. Who wouldn't want Kawhi? I just don't think that's the move. I don't think that's a fit. It really doesn't seem to be a fit, in my opinion. Now, could someone like Klay Thompson go to the Lakers? Maybe. Maybe. I could see that. You, I think you get a better chance of seeing Klay Thompson with the Lakers than you do Kawhi Leonard. I really do. You know, we'll talk about guys like Kemba Walker. Um, you know, if Kyrie signs with the Nets, I think everybody will have their eyes on D'Angelo Russell. Where does he go? D'Angelo Russell, restricted free agent. 23 years old. Who knows? Maybe he goes back to the Lakers. Maybe the Celtics get involved. 
You know, if they lose Kyrie to the Nets, maybe the Celtics get involved and bring in D'Angelo Russell. Or maybe the Celtics, and this will bring me into my Celtics portion of the NBA offseason conversation, is that maybe they just go with Terry Rozier and they say, Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. We got to figure out what we're doing with Horford. He can opt out. Do we get him to stay? Or do we get him to agree to some type of sign and trade with another team like Houston in order to get Clint Capella? But then you'd have to convince Al Horford that he has a better chance to win now with Houston than he does with the Celtics. So, I, it, it, Celtics, got they got some work to do. I, I don't necessarily know where they go. I will tell you that if they bring Rozier back and they say, we're going to go with what we had two years ago. Let's give that another shot. And, and, and I even tweeted this out. If they wanted to bring Isaiah Thomas back on a small money one-year deal, I'd be all in on that. I would. I'd be all in on that. Go get him. Go bring him in. Say, we give you a one-year deal. You know what? Give him a two-year deal just to, you know, just to maybe, if that's what it's going to take to convince him, a second year. Small money. Why not? Would it hurt? Would it hurt? You know, I told you I wanted the Celtics to pass on Anthony Davis, and they did. And I'm glad they did, because they kept Tatum. I also said, you know, you bring back Rozier, keep Tatum, keep Brown, I think you'll be surprised with the result. I do. I think you'll be surprised with the result, and maybe that will open some things up for Gordon Haywood. We forget about Gordon Haywood. I'm not a Gordon Haywood guy. You know, I think he's making a lot more money than he probably deserves, but that's just the league we live in. Um, that's the type of money you had to give him, I guess, to be able to acquire him, to be able to sign him. And so you gave it to him. Are you overpaying him? Yeah, you're overpaying him. But now, you know, if you do just, you know, if Kyrie's gone, which I I think we all believe he is, does anybody believe Kyrie's coming back? I know I don't. I told you, I don't even think he should. I don't think the Celtics should want him back. Just let him go. Let him do his thing. Go to Brooklyn. Go have fun in Brooklyn. Honestly, have fun in Brooklyn. You want to go to the Lakers? Have fun with the Lakers. Fine. Have fun with the Lakers. Don't act like Golden State's going to be an easy out for you next year. They're not. They're not. And everyone's burying Golden State. Don't act, don't act like they're an easy out for you because they're not. They're really not. Um, so I, I, I don't think anybody believes that Kyrie Irving's going to return. And if he's not going to return, if you bring Rozier back, with Tatum, with Brown, you, you got Gordon Haywood there. Even if you keep Horford, I think you're going to be surprised with the result. Now, I would love Clint Capella, mid-20s, you know, 16, 17 points a game, 12, 13 rebounds a game, two blocks a game. I mean, he's signed to a deal, you know, decent money here, but it's for, he's locked up for four years up until he's like 28, 29. So, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a, a move I would make, but you got to give up something to get him. And you got to, you know, the salary matching involved. I would think Horford's the guy that needs to go. So that would, you'd have to convince Horford that Houston has a has a chance to win. I don't know how you could do that, but you'd have to try. I just think that you say goodbye to Kyrie. You passed on Anthony Davis. I think you bring back Rosier. And I think you'll be surprised with the results. I do. And if, it, if you want to give small money, if you could convince Isaiah Thomas... You know, give him a one-year deal, small money. Maybe add a, a second year on it, some type of option. I don't know. Why not? Why not? 
All right? You got no more LeBron in the East. Kawhi Leonard could be going the Clippers. Like, if Kawhi Leonard leaves the Raptors, is anybody picking Toronto to even win the East next year? No. No. You Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry going to lead the charge? Please. Please. I still think Kyle Lowry's soft. You know, Van Fleet, he had a nice little postseason for himself. But come on. That was all Kawhi Leonard. That was all Kawhi Leonard. He's, they say he's gone. I, I don't know if he's gone. But if he is, you look at an Eastern Conference, you know, you're looking at Milwaukee. What's Philly going to look like? Jimmy Butler, he's going to test for you. And see, he's, he's not going to stay in Philly. Or at least he's going to try to have Philly give him more money. Um, I mean, it could be wide open for you next year. Honestly. And I think if if you bring Rozier back to play with Tatum, Brown, Haywood, and you don't have Kyrie around, and maybe you bring Isaiah Thomas back in, I think you'll be surprised with the results. That's I'm telling you, that's a team that could still get out of the East. I'm telling you right now. It is. So, uh, you know, don't sleep on the fact that Tatum and Brown could be something really special. As soon as next year. Don't sleep on that. You might say, oh, Danny, you're wearing a Celtics jersey while you say that. Well, no, I'm not. And I'm not even thinking of this past season. I'm thinking of the season before, and I'm knowing their age. They're young. Those kids are young. I think it was Van Gundy that said something during one of the broadcasts during the playoffs in the Milwaukee series. Was it the Milwaukee series? Did they get a game? Did, did ESPN? They got the Celtics games, right? It was Van Gundy, I think. He, I think it was. He said, you know, I'm amazed at what these two kids have had to handle at such a young age in such a big city in which championships are now, you know, it's either championship or nothing. And how, how well they've responded to that and how well they've handled themselves. And I know last year's Celtics team, you could say, well, they didn't handle themselves very well. Maybe Jalen Brown was part of that group that didn't handle himself very well. Okay, fine. But you know what? When it comes to it, uh, to, to all of that with a production standpoint, like I think the Tatum and Brown are going to be something special. And they're still young enough where they are learning, they are growing, and they're going to get a special opportunity this coming season, next season, without Kyrie Irving around, to get back to what they were doing the year before at the end of the year without Kyrie Irving and without Gordon Haywood. And I, I, I just want to see, I don't even want it, I need to see it. I need to see what that group of kids, Brown, Tatum, Rozier, what they can be without Kyrie. I need to see it. I need to see it. And it looks like we're going to. It looks like we're going to. I guess we're waiting to see, you know, what happens with Rosier. Uh, but if Kyrie's gone, I think that opens the door for Rosier to return. And I know people crush Rosier for the way he handled all this. Okay? I don't think he handled it the right way. I don't think he went about it the right way. But the message that he was sending, which was basically, you know, we don't want Kyrie around. I, you know, I, how, how much are we going to knock that message? Right? If we're going to knock Kyrie, we can't knock... Rosier's message. We can knock the way Rosier went about it to spread that message, but I don't think we can knock his message. I need to see the Celtics, these kids, and and how they play without that Kyrie 
Irving presence without Anthony Davis. And they will, obviously, they've passed on Anthony Davis. So now we're going to find out. We're going to find out. If you want to make a trade for Clint Capella, do that. Do that. You know, you want to entertain the idea of D'Angelo Russell? All right. Yeah, let's do that too. Let's do that too. So um, we'll keep an eye on it all, but that's the NBA offseason already off to a crazy start. Anthony Davis to the Lakers. We'll see what the Lakers will do. Who wants to go there? I'm telling you, I, I just have the, I've had this feeling for a long time that Kyrie's going to end up in L.A. And if the Anthony Davis trade is the thing to convince Kyrie to do it, I will not be surprised. I won't. I won't be surprised. I actually will be surprised if he follows through with the Brooklyn thing. I will be surprised. I will. Why wouldn't you just go the Knicks? I don't get it. Why would you go to Brooklyn? I, it, it, I, I will be surprised, shocked, if he actually goes through with the Brooklyn with the Brooklyn Nets signing. I will. I'll be shocked. But whatever does happen moving forward, I'll react to it. The NBA draft Thursday night. I'll react to that, and any anything that happens, any trades that are made, all the picks that are made, well, I'm not going to break down every pick on Friday morning, but, you know, the important ones, the important picks, certainly, but, of course, the trades, and I think we're expecting some trades. I, if I'm New Orleans, do I keep number four overall? Probably not. Probably not. You know, I might trade it, like, right before I have to make the pick. I might even make a pick for someone and trade it, you know, to secure that player. Uh, but I don't think they keep that number four. They will keep number one. Zion Williamson will go to New Orleans. And so at that point, the Pelicans, the Pelicans might be pretty good next year. I don't know. Let's see. Let's, let's see what they are. But based on, I think a lot of the leverage they lost, I thought they did. I thought they did well. I thought they did well with this Anthony Davis trade, but uh, like I said, I'll react on Friday. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. You know the deal. Anywhere podcasts are available. And uh, follow me on Twitter, all phones with social media, at Danny Picard. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, please, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Friday. 